I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go, banter. Ah! <laughs> I got nothing. Spinning my phone. What do y'all think of pop sockets, huh? <laughs> Changed my life. My thumbs feel better. My pinky feels better. I was about to say, it's really my pinky, because I used to that pinky support my phone, and you could see the you groove the start to get yeah. into the groove. Yeah. I just watched one of my little science videos that I was watching talked about little that science video yeah one of my little science videos. One of my little science video i put on my little bow tie and my lab <laughs> coat and i sat With my down little patches uh-huh. on the i had elbow. my uh my chemistry set that i got for christmas cute uh made a little volcano mixed, baking soda and vinegar yeah made a little volcano put some food coloring in there adorable and i watched my little videos <laughs> and uh <laughs> this one talks uh, specifically about that actually the little divot in our uh pinky fingers from resting our phones on them oh. for so many years and how, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not people are really developing that. Interesting. Yeah. Were they? I don't remember the video. Oh, well, <laughs> you learned a lot, I guess. It really, yeah. really stuck in there. I was real focused on my baking soda and vinegar. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> That's why if you're going to watch the little video, you got to wait for the little experiment. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was in the background 
found a great story we're going to do on this show, but I will save that for later. Tease, tease, tease. Tease. A real tease. You just had your little pasties on. Oh. And you just did a little burlesque dance. I put those on for every record. You know this. (laughs) That's true. If only y'all could see this. (laughs) One day we'll get video. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll get banned from YouTube. I was about to say, I don't know if we should tell iHeart that we have pasties (laughs) and that would be like a quicker video or like they'll never do video. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There'll be a four person camera crew will show up at our house tomorrow if they hear that. (laughs) That's what a podcast needs. A four-person camera crew. Yep. <laughs> yep. All we're, we're missing. Cinematographer. We'll get um I get Roger Deakins in here. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna make it beautiful. Roger Deakins. Yes. That's so far away from what we're talking about today. It really is not close. Yeah, which is which is its own special kind of lead-in, right? <laughs> and in opposite news, <laughs> there, there you we're go. We're here to talk to you about Here's some a pretty segue. Yeah. It's the, the segue that like Goes off of a cliff, <laughs> but, it's but a it segue. lands in a beautiful meadow <laughs> down below. Yeah, everyone's fine. Yes, one of those little flying segways. <laughs> hey, everybody! What's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in. I'm Eli. I'm Diana. Yeah, we're happy to have you today on another ridiculous romance. Yeah. Today we're uh, doing something fun. We've got one of our little uh, grab bags of stories here. Right. Uh, which we asked you all to give us some ideas for what we would call these sort of uh, collection episodes. And right. we got a few good ones from you. I don't know if we've decided yet. We, I guess we, not. We got too many good suggestions. True. From Kerbal's Keys on Instagram, it's at Twitch Kerbal su- suggested Cavalcade of Kinks. Oh, which is great, especially for our last one. I think we had a lot of kink talk in it's our last true. one. I think we it's like even a sexy one. apparently referred to it as like a kink sack at some point. <laughs> <Kink> sack. <laughs> which is too much for even me. And then Larissa Hughes suggested current copulations mm. because she noticed our predilection for alliteration, <laughs> which uh, is very true. true. It's true. I do like things to alliterate. All words should start with the same letter, or rather, (laughs) worlds of words would do well Mm. to start with the same syllables. Yeah, sorry, I lost it. You know, it worked. Did all right. Did all right. (laughs) It sort of worked. (laughs) And then Ricky at Whoa, I'm tripping. Who also suggested our um, Philip Morris? Oh yeah, episode, which was so really fun. Sorry to dig into. So check that out. Um, reached back out and suggested goodie bag uh-huh. um, and said, but it's got to have the sexy music and Eli's deep voice he does for certain things. Oh, <laughs> okay. So welcome to today's goodie bag. Is that your Will Arnett impression? Uh, basically, Can I think any deep voice is anyone's is, Will is Arnett impression. <laughs> Generic deep voice <laughs> in a world. Where everyone sounds like Will Arnett. And they all drive GMC. <laughs> Built Ford Tough. That's a free one for you, Ford. There you go. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're trying to get some more host red ads. <laughs> How about that, Ford? <laughs> Let us do our Will Arnett impression. Well, yeah, I think Goodie Bag works for this episode for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Welcome to this week's Goodie Bag. Sexy. Uh-huh. Deep voice. Uh-huh. We're really getting real. 
That's right. That's right. Well, geez, I mean, we still got a theme song to get through, so I say we just get real with it and get going, yeah? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. All right, so let's dive into this goodie bag, mm-hmm. y'all, because we have a selection of salacious stories. Look well, at I guess that alliteration. Alliteration. <laughs> there it is. Sean on Twitter sent us this. Sean has sent us a couple of suggestions in the past, like um, the purple people of Lafayette oh, Morehouse. Awesome. So thank you, Sean. Thanks, Always looking Sean. out for us. Um, and it kind of sounds like a Soviet stork derby, if oh, you wow. remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Canadian stork, stork derby. derby. Yeah. Let's start with a little bit of backstory. So back in 1944, mm-hmm. the Soviet Union was trying to do more to support large families and pregnant women. Okay. Great goal. Yeah. And so it created some honorary titles All right. for mothers, which I guess is the first thing women are looking for when they're asking for support. They're like, give me an honorary title. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's yes. my number one concern. <laughs> I'll worry about the food and the water <laughs> and the shelter, but could I please have a title? Okay. Try to respect me. <laughs> I'd like a medal to pin to my lapel. Uh-huh. All right, so the titles were, listen, if you had five to nine children, you could receive the Maternity Medal. Wow. But there was also the Order of Maternal Glory. What? Which is pretty dope, actually. That's huge, yeah. (laughs) so hard. And it was organized into three classes, all right? So you could get the Order of Maternal Glory third class, which meant you were a woman with seven kids. Okay. Second class was when you had eight kids. Jeez. And then third class was for nine kids. But the mother of all awards, Neener Neener, was for women who had 10 or more children, and it was called the Mother Heroine Award. Wow, because the mother would need some heroin after having 10 <laughs> kids <laughs> just to get through the day. Give her the milk of the poppy. <laughs> wow, that is very intense. I mean, well, I grew up one of four as a kid, and that, that was a lot. That's I, mom, my mom deserved a medal for that. You damn right. All all six of us deserved a medal. Quite honestly, for putting <laughs> up with each other. We had one bathroom. Damn. Yeah. One bathroom. Man, I wow. do love the name, like Order of Maternal Glory. I like know. it's so it's so Soviet. <laughs> so, yes, totally. I can I can see the propaganda poster now. Right. It's like a woman with just a baby in the front, glory. a baby in the back, <laughs> surrounded by kids. Surrounded by children. And yeah, who Looking these... off to the distance <laughs> in the brave future. There's some like fighter jets flying past her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just dropping like storks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but who is the medal for? I mean, like, you know, I guess you point to your kids and you you'll see this. This is medal of glory for pushing you little shits out. <laughs> you, know? you got 10 kids. You're not getting out much. To go show it no, off. Oh, very true. I guess they're like, listen, we're a society who wants to share the labor, but you can never share this labor. So hey. you have to give her something. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give her something of her own. I don't know. Now, besides the honors themselves, the women were also entitled to retirement pensions. Okay. And a supply of food and other goods to support their families. The state would even pay their utility bills. Okay. So it's not just a stamp and a Right. Certificate. Which I kind of appreciate in a yeah. way because it's it's kind of I mean, you know, we could talk all day about how our country our our country specifically is pretty 
hateful to to women with children. Right. We don't provide a lot of good child care options. We right. don't like maternity leave. We don't like paternity leave. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, we really, we want you to have a family, but we don't want you to have a family yeah. get in the way of your productivity and stuff. Right. So it's like kind of a hostile place to raise a family. They're like, in a lot of ways. They're like, you need to have more babies. And then a woman comes up with like seven babies. She's like, I had more babies just like you asked. And they're like, huh? Who are you? But <laughs> please don't bother me. Go Irresponsible. away. Irresponsible. Yeah, go 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 off. Get your just you. Get those children away from me. <laughs> what do I need to be educated now? <laughs> That's not my job. But yeah, so I was just kind of like, well, this is sort of cool that they're you know recognizing motherhood as something that is is a, a service to humanity sure. in a way. Yeah. It, it is a, a very hard thing to put your body through right. multiple times. I don't know that I agree that you should get it after only ten children. But <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that seems I know. like a lot. There's mothers out there with four kids who are like, boy, I could. I could use a little help, please. I feel tired Uh and broke. Now, nearly 500,000 women received the Mother Heroine Award between 1944 and the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991. Wow. So you do the math, how many people had I will. I Hang on. That it. was, well, it's just times 10, right? So 500,000. 10 or more, but yeah. 500,000. So at least 5 million people mm-hmm. were born. I mean, for this, for this medal. Just for that. Pretty good. That's a little boost. That's a boost in your in your labor force, I suppose. And suppose each one of them had the had mother heroine. Ten children. That's that's the that's too far for me. That's too much. That's an exponent. <laughs> now there were stipulations for this award. Uh, it was given on the first birthday of the last child, mm-hmm. but all previous nine kids still had to be alive. Right. Now, if the kids died in either military service or like heroic circumstances or in a terrorist attack or any occupational diseases or injuries, all those kids still counted. Right. But if they just, you know, I don't know. They got killed in a bar jumped fight. Off a, jump, you know, rode their Segway off a cliff. <laughs> rode their uh, Segway off you know, a cliff. That, sorry, it doesn't count. Right. Or, or kind of like our Stork Derby episode, we were talking about how it was bad to set that prank on people because you couldn't assume that they would have the money they needed to raise a large family and like actually take care of them and feed them. And we even saw some like pretty bad stories about like rats Uh chewing on babies and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, Russia was like, I don't want you to just have these babies to try to get this award and you don't take care of them. Right. I want you to actually take care of your family and make sure they're alive and well. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when the Soviet Union dissolved in 1991, the award was abolished. Tons of mothers out there working on their 10th kid are like, oh, are you kidding me? I just missed the window. (laughs) But then in 2008, it was reinstated as the Order of Parental Glory. Parental. So they made it less gendered, I guess. Oh, yeah. Now, this was awarded to parents or adoptive parents for raising seven or more Russian citizens for, as the statute says, quote, leading a healthy family life, being socially responsible, providing an adequate level of health care, education, physical, spiritual, and moral development of the children, full and harmonious development of their personality, and setting an examples to strengthen the institute of the family and child rearing. In that exact accent, they said it. Probably, yeah. right? We still hunting for moose and squirrel. <laughs> I love full and harmonious development of their personality. I know. I mean, uh, you know, 
not not a bad no i love it goal i really do for. like yeah. <laughs> i'm like it's, it really is like saying all the thing where it's like if we're gonna ask people to have family members if yeah. we want you to have family we need to recognize that service to the community i mean to yeah. society yeah or whatever and yeah you should set an example yeah. to others to be like you should also be into families like i don't know yeah. it makes sense to me in a weird way don't just pop out a bunch of babies and be like here they are i have the units of babies that you've requested <laughs> yeah not like no i'm raising children to be full and individual people and the order of parental glory still exists mm. but this mother heroine title was all but forgotten okay until August 15th, 2022. Oh, just a couple weeks ago. Exactly. Very current events. When President Vladimir Putin decided to reinstate this title, <laughs> and it had all the same stipulations in place about making sure they're alive and well-fed yeah. and educated and everything. <laughs> but he added a cash prize of one million rubles. Wow. Which, let me see, according to the currency calculator here, is worth about $16,645 in U.S. currency. So it sounds less, like less yeah. of a good yeah, price. Not 16000 not going to raise 10 kids for you. Not great. It's going to get like four kids through third grade. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it'll buy their backpacks for right. Yeah, <laughs> I will pay for one student's college textbooks. Wow, sixteen thousand dollars. The Soviet government so generous. <laughs> That's sixteen thousand dollars more than we're getting for ten kids. That's very true. I mean, you know what? You know what? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> So, listen, why is Putin reinstating this Soviet-era award mm. right now in these modern times? Hmm. Well, apparently, he's worried about the Russian population. Okay. Common uh, common complaint, I guess. We're also worried about our population here. Yeah, so. yeah there's a lot of people uh, talking about it worldwide, I guess. It's, it's almost like there's something going on where people don't want to have babies right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Huh. So, currently... Let's do the numbers here. Currently, there are 145.1 million people living in Russia. Okay. And that sounds like a lot, but it's a huge country. And think about America. We have at least 333 million living right. in our country. Yeah, so I know. That's not as many as I would have thought, I guess. It's if like if you look at a population me. density map of Russia, mm -hmm. there's so, so much of it is just empty. Right. Just completely blank. Which, of course, there's got it. There's like tundra and desert. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have oh, yeah. places where you would not no. want to live. No. <laughs> <laughs> just like we do. <laughs> But still, like that, that is smaller than I would have thought. And CNBC reports that the working age population has been declining since 2010. Mm. Um, they estimate that the overall population would contract by 8.4 percent from its 1995 level by 2050. Okay. So the real problem is that the working age, yeah, is not great. Everyone's getting older. There's not enough right. babies to replace. So. Our, our fresh, young, strong backs are few and far between, I guess. He's like, no one wants to be young enough to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the war with Ukraine is only exacerbating this problem with heavy casualties. Yeah. Um, the Moscow Times reported that the population fell by a record 86,000 people a month from Jeez. January through May. And the previous record was 57,000 a month in 2002. Wow. So that's pretty big deal. That is. And I mean, that's the Moscow Times reporting it. 
I was thinking the same thing. I've heard. I don't obviously. I I don't know, and I haven't done any heavy research into it myself. But we we do see like in terms of like Ukraine is saying Mm -hmm. a lot more Russians are dying than than Russia Russia is saying. Right. Uh, So I don't. Who knows? Right. And both sides need their propaganda, so it's hard to it's hard to know who's who's conflating and who's deflating the Mm -hmm. numbers for whichever reason. Yep. But those are pretty disturbing numbers, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. But it's actually, it's not just the war that's the problem. The mm. state, the Russian state statistics agency have sh- has showed a decline in the number of deaths year over year. Okay. So fewer people are dying. But Russian women simply are not having enough babies. Mm. And a lot of people are migrating out of the country altogether. They're oh. just like, get me a fuck out of Russia. Yeah. So I guess he's like, let me put this honor back and really encourage people to have large families and then we'll also support them having those large families with you know this this food supply and some money and And stuff like that a few dollars (laughs) and i mean maybe that'll work maybe people will be really into that yeah i guess but I don't know. In my opinion, Putin and every other country should probably take a good hard look at why people are not having children, why they don't want to have children. Right. And Putin maybe want to see why people want to leave Russia. Uh (laughs) Period. They're just like, get me out of here. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And it's not it's not so I can have a baby somewhere else. (laughs) Like, I mean. Or it is, maybe. They're like, I ain't raising a kid here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't mean, know. We, we, we do see that here. I know a lot of people who've been looking at or mm-hmm. or actively moving to other countries. I just saw the number of Americans moving to Portugal like tripled this year. Right. Um, things like that. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's a question of like, well, why, though? What can, maybe mm-hmm. we solve. No, nobody ever wants to solve the root of problems. They Never. really don't. They just want to treat the symptoms yeah. instead of curing the illness yeah so weird i mean both literally thing. and figuratively that is like our whole mo as a species it's crazy to me yeah i know what is wrong with us? Uh-huh. i mean it is hard work to dig down to a root and everything yeah. but it is so weird to be like let me dangle this carrot in front of your faces ladies don't you want to have 10 births um yeah. for this metal this five-pointed star <laughs> hello you know <laughs> instead of like hmm, maybe like fix the economy and personal freedoms i don't know yeah <laughs> just, yeah just a thought spitballing yeah or here in america i think for a lot of people it's the price of health care that is Huge really problem. like a number one reason to be like get me out yep. of here yep and somewhere where i can go get my teeth fixed without going into bankruptcy yeah um, so it's like, well, there's there's things we could work on yeah. that will lead to more productive laborers for right, you or right. whatever the machine. <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it, it, ain't, stands, it ain't a metal. It's not a hard sell right now. There's not they're not really pitching it not, in not the really. best way. Uh, or people are like selfish freeloaders like us. True. Who just, just want to live live our lives childless- our own schedule. Yeah, I'm going to childlessly run around Disney. Yeah. And rub it in your Face. <laughs> and I don't have a stroller. <laughs> I don't want to be held up by some stupid kid in <laughs> Disney World. I love kids. Kids are great. They should have fun in too. Disney World. <laughs> I don't yeah. want kids, but I hate when people call them like crotch goblins and stuff. It's I so think annoying. Really gross. As as a childless couple, I, I think we get real frustrated when other childless couples like look down on kids or people who have kids. I'm like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Like, right. no, we're the we're the suckers here. Like, <laughs> you know, and I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, people all have their own reasons for not wanting kids. We've got our own, you know, yeah. some people can't. Some people 
There's a lot of reasons. There's I mean, a lot. Yeah, of we reasons. could talk about that for a whole other podcast. Right. But right. But, but yeah, sixteen thousand dollars is not going to change a lot of their no, minds, you no. know. And even he, you know, here you're like, oh, have ten kids, and we'll eventually give you a million dollars. I feel like a lot of people would not not go for it. Yeah. Because a million dollars won't pay for 10 births in an American hospital either. So just just throwing that out there. And what concerns me, and this is a little elitist of myself recognizing that in advance here, is that the people who do go for it, the people who hear the word a million dollars and they're like, yeah, I'm in, let's do it, are not necessarily the people who should be having kids. Right. Because... I only say that because I'm like, your incentive for having kids shouldn't be the cash you get for it. Right. Like, if you don't want those kids to begin with, mm-hmm. are those kids going to have a good life? Yeah. Isn't that a lot like being a foster parent or something just for the check? Right. And then you treat the kid like shit. Right. Because you don't really want the kid. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to assume that's the most, the majority of foster parents. No, no, there, not at all. We know there are cases like that. Sure. And sure. it's like, wow, what an ass. Right. <laughs> if you're only doing it for the money. How are you raising these great citizens? <laughs> yeah. And a full and harmonious development of their personality. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what you said, a lot of countries, the world all over, have got to work harder at making it a better place to have kids in, an easier place to have and raise children. Mm-hmm. Um, why that is not the focus I know. is beyond me. I know. That's some like climate change messaging could be all about having more kids. I mean, right, a lot right. of jobs and, and healthcare costs, education, all that could be an argument for we're trying to help help people have families. Yeah. And that's what everybody wants, right? Well I don't know. That's what's going on in Russia with the babies. Mother right heroine now. Uh, mother heroine. Mother heroine. I am a mother heroine. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that uh, we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll come back with the next story. Yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. 
the medical school dean at USC, was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome back to the show, everybody. So this month also became a huge and historic moment for LGBTQ people in Singapore. Cool. Yeah. But first, we got to learn a little about the history of the LGBTQ experience in Singapore. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a quick fling with history. No one asked you. In 1833 in India, under British control of the country, the colonial government formed the Indian Law Commission under Chairman Lord Thomas Macaulay. Now, of course, none of these laws that the British government wrote reflected traditional Indian laws or customs. Nope. You know, they, they didn't bring any local consultants on as they wrote <laughs> this bill. What? Um, because under Buddhist and Hindu law throughout most of Asia, consensual homosexual intercourse was never a legal offense. Um, But in this code, the British wrote Section 377, which criminalized, quote, carnal intercourse against the order of nature. Ooh, against the order of nature. Mm -hmm. And you might think that that sounds super ambiguous. How could you define what carnal intercourse is or what goes against the order of nature? I know a lot of gay animals in nature. Sure, yeah. And some that just switch genders back and forth at will. Well, and they don't even mention gay in this. They just right. say carnal intercourse, which is 
a lot of intercourse. Some great intercourse has been carnal, you know? And, <laughs> Some of uh, my favorite intercourse. <laughs> and the order of nature, like you said, I mean, it could be defined as a no- any number of things because yeah. if you want to do something, isn't that inherently natural? Mm. Well, anyway, you might think this is super ambiguous, and it was. <laughs> uh, they had no idea how to interpret it. Nobody knew what had to penetrate what, mm. who had to penetrate whom, with what, where, right. when, and why, uh, in order for it to be considered carnal intercourse. Right. Now, this same law was taken from India and it was adopted over in Singapore. And of course, they just had the same problems over there. Yeah. There's a bunch of legal hullabaloo in India and Singapore about the definitions of carnal intercourse against the order of nature. And eventually the courts decided it was actually any sex that wasn't potentially procreated. So anal sex Mm -hmm. and even oral sex between hetero or homosexual couples was outlawed. Wow. Um, which I'm sure a lot of a lot of dudes were like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, and ladies do like, excuse me, what's that now? <laughs> he said, what now? Um, yeah, this, uh, this, there was a, apparently a heated debate in court about it. <laughs> but judge, I'd like my husband to eat my ass. <laughs> well, it says right here. <laughs> Lord Thomas Macaulay wrote down plain black and white. <laughs> no eating ass. <laughs> Sincerely, Lord Thomas Macaulay. <laughs> Sincerely. I sign all my yes. bills. Sincerely. Yours, very sincerely. <laughs> <laughs> Dearest people. <laughs> people. Uh, all right. So by this narrow definition, it was an equally oppressive law for everyone. Yeah. So it was like, this wasn't specifically against... Gay people, they were just like, yeah. no one can give blowjobs. Right. No one can have anal sex. <laughs> you know, which that argument is weak because if you say, well, this is for everyone. I'm not discriminating against gay people. And gay people are like, well, what else can I do? I mm. can't have, you know, traditional heteronormative penetrative sex. Right. Because we don't have the two things yeah. between us that you're talking <laughs> about. And also, like, I'm sure there were plenty of, like, homophobic people who were like, yeah, yes, limit their sex, limit it. I'm so happy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait. You're saying I can't? Not like that. Not like <laughs> no, that. No, too much. Too much. Pull back. <laughs> Pull back. <laughs> oh, no. No pulling back. <laughs> Yours very sincerely. <laughs> Uh, it also lumped uh, in bestiality into this. Which they love I- lumping bestiality in with with homosexuality. I know, which is gross. And so, pedophilia, too. It's like, yeah, They're not the same thing. They're not the same category. Very different categories. Right. Uh, there was even a case tried in India about a guy who fucked a buffalo's nostril. Oh, my God. Why didn't that make it into our People and Pets episode? I know, right? Probably because I didn't want to look into it. Well, I got to say. The nostril or the story. <laughs> this, this was, uh, I will say, this particular case was noted in Wikipedia with no citations. I was like, what oh, the hell okay. is this? Guy fucking a buffalo's nostril. But, you know, mm-hmm. given some of the stories we've heard and told, uh, I'm not going to go ahead and assume it's untrue. Right. OK, maybe he just never gave an interview for some reason about his. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why he didn't want to share that. People, story. I tell you, some dudes, they see a hole and they will just stick their dick They'll in it. No questions way. asked. <laughs> dick finds a way. Ugh. But later, a court made a change to Singapore's opinions about heterosexual oral sex. Okay. And it's very sexy. So put the kids to bed and let's hear the seductive words of the Singaporean Court of Appeals. 
It is a fact of life in humans as well as in animals that before the act of copulation takes place, there is foreplay to stimulate the sex urge. Of course, this form of contractation, fellatio or cunnilingus, may not recommend itself to everyone for stimulating the sex urge, but the fact remains that it is practiced by some. When couples engaged in consensual sexual intercourse willingly indulge in fellatio and cunnilingus as a stimulant to their respective sexual urges, neither act can be considered to be against the order of nature and punishable under Section 377 of the Penal Code. In every other instance, the act of fellatio between a man and a woman will be carnal intercourse against the order of nature and punishable by Section 377. <laughs> oh, I'm wow. blushing. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Watch your my mouth, God, you I... dirty lawmaker. <laughs> I gotta go splash my face with some cold water. <laughs> right. Well, boy, I've never wanted cunnilingus or fellatio or the similar contractations so badly in my life. <laughs> oh, yes. Stimulate my sex urge, baby. <laughs> but only in a way that's not punishable by Section right. 377. <laughs> only if it leads to procreative sex. That's right. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> Amazing. Can you, um, will you give it, will you give me the last two sentences of that? <laughs> like it's really sex? Like it's a, like it's a 1-900 number commercial? <laughs> Sure. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Come on. I want to hear it. All right. Okay. When couples engaged in consensual sexual intercourse oh. willingly indulge in fellatio and <laughs> cunnilingus. Pull over, listeners. As a stimulant to their respective sexual urges. Oh, my goodness. Neither act can be considered to be against the order of nature. Punishable under Section 377. The penal code. <laughs> penal. <laughs> In every other instance, the act of fellatio between a man and a woman will be carnal intercourse against the order of nature and punishable by section 377. <laughs> mm, give it to me, 377! <laughs> Punish me! <laughs> oh my god, I've never been so turned on by the Court of Appeals. <laughs> Not the, well, except that one time. Yeah, one time. <laughs> one time. But we'll, we'll get into that another episode. You had to be escorted out of the building. <laughs> you had an appeal not, for your appeal, <laughs> Your Honor. I swear this has never happened before. <laughs> I'm appealing my clothes off. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is your future. You've got to. You got to get back into audiobooks and yeah. start reading smut. <laughs> start reading some erotic smut. Erotic legal cases. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. I'm trying to help. It's like that um, topless tutors joke in Van Wilder. Did you ever see that? No, Stupid I didn't see movie. Van Wilder. Well, he was trying I've to help people graduate. I've only got so many hours to live. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was trying to help people graduate, so he made girls tutor them with their tops off. Oh. Very gross, early 2000s, misogynistic okay. humor. But gotcha. That could be me for law students. That could, could be you. I could read a law book just like this. And now it's time for Jameson versus the state of New Hampshire. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. Uh, I don't know either. Who's our Saxon? Uh, let know, us right? know. If, uh, <laughs> what did I say? Friend. Jameson versus the state of New Hampshire? <laughs> Is that a real case? <laughs> <laughs> let us know. And what case would you like me to read in a sexy <laughs> fashion? <laughs> All right. Getting back to the story here. So, yeah, so they're saying that as long as you 
give a blowjob and it leads to penetrative sex, that's cool. Right. But if you don't, it's still punishable by Section 377. Right. Then you're just being a dirty perv. <laughs> <laughs> but then, okay, it gets worse because in 1938, they borrowed a term from the Labouchere Amendment in the UK's own Criminal Law Amendment Act of 1885. And the term was gross indecency. Mm. Now, this specifically criminalized any sexual activity specifically between two men in England. Mm. And it said, quote, Any male person who, in public or private, commits or is a party to the commission of, or procures or attempts to procure the commission by any male person of any <laughs> act of gross indecency shall be guilty of a misdemeanor <laughs> and being convicted shall be liable at the discretion of the court to be imprisoned <laughs> for any term not exceeding two years with or without hard labor. Hard labor? How hard is <laughs> no, it? No, no, no. No, I didn't say hard labor. I meant <laughs> difficult labor. And you know it. <laughs> I love this guy. You can totally see him put his wig on before, oh, yeah, he, absolutely. <laughs> before he bangs his gavel. <laughs> it's a total Disney cartoon, this Let guy. Let me put my wig on to make this judgment. <laughs> and so they took the wording from the Labouchere Agreement and they put it into Section 377A, almost identically, mm. in Britain's penal code for Singapore as well. And then when Singapore won their independence in 1965, they opted to retain this ban on gay sex. They were like, it was good enough for when we were, you know, occupied by England. It's good enough for us independently. Now, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> used to it, so why not? Yeah. Now, a little over 10 years ago, Singapore announced that it wasn't going to enforce 377A any longer. Right. Great. You know, that's sort of like us in, in Atlanta. The city of Atlanta decriminalized weed because Georgia will not legalize it. Right. But Atlanta was like, we are so fucking sick. We don't have uh, time. Clapping people into jail. <laughs> yeah. Their little dime bags. Uh-huh. We don't have time for this. <laughs> it's been decades in Singapore since anyone was arrested or prosecuted under this law. And while in 2018, a survey found that 55% of Singaporeans wanted to retain the law, by 2022, that number had dropped to 44%. Mm. 10, 10 percentage points yeah. in only a few years. That's pretty yeah. good. 11, if you do the math right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You're so right. <laughs> uh, e even 11, even. <laughs> hey, I was an English major for a reason. Singapore's highest court even suggested that 377A should be repealed simply because it goes against the country's equality rights because it only applies to men. Mm. But ultimately, they said they were not in the business of social change and they left the decision to parliament. Classic. Which is so annoying. Yeah. It's like, well, you're legally punishing social behavior. Yeah. So you kind of are in the business of social change. But no, nope, right. you deal with it. <laughs> what about the social change that was made by making it illegal in the first place? Right. I mean, just right. throwing that out there. <laughs> Then just this week, Prime Minister Lee Hsien Long said the government would officially repeal the law. All right. He said, quote, I believe this is the right thing to do and something that most Singaporeans will now accept. Singaporeans still have differing views on whether homosexuality is right or wrong, but most people accept that a person's sexual orientation and behavior is a private and personal matter and that sex between men should not be a criminal offense. Even among those who want to retain Section 377A, most don't want to see it actively enforced. 
So finally, after 84 years, the law is going to be completely repealed. Yay! Yay! Everybody's so happy. Woo, everyone's celebrating. So excited that Singapore is that much closer to equality for gay people. Yay! And the prime minister says, no, hold on just a dang minute there. Uh-oh. And everyone's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. He continues his speech. Says the government felt like they needed to appease both sides of this argument. So he added, quote, even as we repeal 377A, we will uphold and safeguard the institution of marriage. Under the law, only marriages between one man and one woman are recognized in Singapore. Oh, man. Yeah, and that he's actually going to propose a constitutional amendment to define marriage specifically that way in Singapore's constitution. He said, quote, the government will continue to uphold families as the basic building blocks of society. Every group must accept that it cannot get everything at once because it is simply not possible. We must maintain mutual respect and trust that we have painstakingly built up over the years and stay united as one people, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Which is, the, I mean, it's such a tired argument. Oh, so yeah. many tired arguments in there, actually. Let's yeah. break it down because you've got A, The idea that families are the basic building blocks of society and that a family specifically has to be heteronormative, man, woman, child, Uh and that a family can't be anything else. We know that a family looks like many different things. That's right. And sometimes those families are terrible. So true. So don't tell me that that's like the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. Or the only way. Uh Uh-huh. Very true. Yeah. That's annoying. That's very frustrating. And then, yeah, this, like, appeasement, it, we, we've got to make everybody happy. No, you don't. Not really. We're, somebody's going to be mad, you know, and here's the difference. Let's say I'm a, a gay couple mm-hmm. and I want to get married and you say that I can't. I'm very upset that I can't do the things I want to do and be the person I want to be in this country. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm some bigot and I don't want gay people to get married. And they say gay people can get married. I continue my life exactly the same as it was and literally nothing changes at all. No. So how is this? Everyone, it, we, we've we've balanced it out. So both sides are getting something and losing something. That's not it. Mm-mm. Not at all. There's yeah. not, that's not a balance. But one day I might have to be nice to a gay teacher or a gay parent or something. And I don't want to be nice to them. And not even that. They already changed that law. I know. There's like a one day I might have to just Know that two people are married. Oh, God. Huh. What will I do? Also, the, the, the sacred institute of marriage is uh-huh. such a false thing. Oh, my God. That's pretty recent it's for us. It's very recent, yeah. Um, because marriages way back in the day were just you shacked up for a while. And right. people were like, great, you're married. And then if somebody left, a few years would go by and like, guess it's not coming back. And you marry <laughs> someone else. Like, you just, you did not have all of this hullabaloo about it. Right. And so it's so funny that we created marriage for legal reasons literally we were like who do you want to leave your shit to yeah and that is it yeah they added some religious stuff and now it's this sacred institution right but that's really just to get you to spend sixty thousand dollars on your fucking party (laughs) (laughs) well and then yeah there's these people that are like well we we're okay with the law yeah existing Uh, we don't want to see it enforced well, then why have it? Then why have it? A well, it's the, it's the same on both sides because the pro LGBTQ movements were saying, "I know you're not enforcing this law, but just having it on the books 
is oppressing us. It's giving people the the firepower and the ammunition, the 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 foundation to mm-hmm. say, ah, but what you're doing is wrong, mm-hmm. technically illegally. I know we're not enforcing it, but I know I'm learning that it says right there in the law that your existence is wrong. Yeah. And the people who were like, keep the law in the books, just don't enforce it, feel the same way. Sure. They're like, I love to be able to point to the books and say, I know that I can't arrest you, but I know that legally you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I guess to me, my immediate thought was that I, w- I do want it to be selectively enforced. Uh-huh. There are certain people oh, sure. that I would like you to use this it, law against. It's there if I need it. It's there if I need it. Yep, exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Definitely. Um, so maybe it's, it's probably you're right. And it's a combination of both. Yep. But more consciously, it's probably that I just like to be able to say you're wrong. And I know it. Yep. New York Times says that Singapore is, quote, famously known as a nanny state. And the government often interferes in even small aspects of people's personal lives. So they have strict and aggressive punishments for things like minor drug possession that for example, we in America are increasingly decriminalizing. Right, right. Um, there are a lot of strict conservative religious action groups that have been pushing for 377A to not only stay on the books, but to be more aggressively enforced. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, LGBTQ community groups have been celebrating the repeal, but pushing back about this idea of the amendment, mm-hmm. saying, quote, we urge the government not to heed recent calls from religious conservatives to enshrine the definition of marriage into the Constitution. Right. Such a decision will undermine the secular character of our Constitution, codify further discrimination into supreme law, and tie the hands of future parliaments. Right, right. A I very mean, good point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Putting it right there into the Constitution is going to make things very hard down the line, which, of course, I assume is the point. It's kind of like putting like into your Constitution, like, we abolish slavery except for punishment of a crime. Yeah. It's almost like yep. when you do that, you sort of create a criminal class for yourself <laughs> so that you'll have a lot of free labor. I don't oh, know. I'm just spitballing. It's like a totally hypothetical situation. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine anyone's <laughs> ever done that. Um, yeah. It, that's that's really tough that they're going through that because it is, it's got to be such a what dichotomous moment. Mm. You are very excited. Right. And also like, oh, but that's a big step back too. Mm-hmm. Because if it was just like, we're going to decriminalize homosexuality and we're not going to allow gay marriage yet. That's one thing. And that right. already kind of sucks. You're like, you're this close. Just do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But they said, and we're specifically going to write down that you can never get, get married. married. Yeah. Let's just get ahead of this and mm-hmm. stop you before you can even start. That sucks. That does suck. What yeah. a, I guess I'm glad that people will not be getting blackmailed and, and arrested right. and so on. Right. Because I think we did learn that a little bit too about the British law was that it was really just used to blackmail people. Sure. Um, a lot of the time, it was not enforced yeah. unless you were like, I can go tell the cops about you, so give me what I want. Right. So still a long way to go Yeah. Uh, for the LGBTQ community in Singapore and the world over, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, but a big step forward also. Yes, Like true. one really good thing that we're all very excited about. Keep the triumph in there. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. For sure. Well, we've got one more story to tell, and it's got a big old dick in it. So yeah. let's take a quick commercial break and right. come back and deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
All right. Welcome back to the show. This is such a fun story. Oh, I love yeah. it. Uh, Piranha sent us this on Instagram. So thank you, Piranha. Thank again, you. looking out for us I'll, in our goodie yep. bag episodes. Yep. Current events. So we're going to take you to the small town of Misantla in the eastern state of Veracruz in Mexico, where a woman named Caterina Orduña Perez recently passed away at 99 years old. Vice reports that she grew up in poverty, she never attended school, but through hard work and determination, she became an influential person in Misantla, with politicians often making a point to, like, stop by and court her and talk to her oh, and yeah. try to get in with her because they knew how much clout she had oh. in the area. So they were like, I got, if you want to you wanna be somebody in Misantla, you got to get Donya Katerina on your side. Yeah. And throughout her life, she made a point to tell her children, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren how special they could be and how they could accomplish anything they set their minds to. That's great. Her grandson, Alvaro Mota Limon, told Vice, quote, She always said in the Mexican sense that we were vergas. Vergas. That's beautiful. I love this. Vergas. That's one of those words that just it sings to me. It just makes me think... I never took Spanish, but it's uh, it's lovely. I, I love this word. Let's let's uh, read on here. Let's see. Vergas is a slang word in Mexico that it can apparently translate a few different ways. In English, the word that it's closest to is cock. Oh, all right. <laughs> but, well, um, that's a bold word. Gra- Grandma called me a dick today. Grandma said I was a, <laughs> Grandma said I was a big dick today. <laughs> but. Uh, that's not the only meaning. Vergas mm-hmm. can also be used to tell people to go fuck themselves. Ooh. Vete a la verga. Vete a la verga. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if I really want to get into a fight in Mexico, right? I guess I'll remember that one. Well, don't forget, you can also tell them that they ain't shit by saying vales verga. Ooh, vales verga. But something called verga can also mean cool or badass. Mm. And Doña Catarina always meant it like that. She referred to her family as vergas to mean that they had moral strength and fortitude or that they had, as Alvaro told Vice, quote, integrity, courage, passion, and at the same time, love and joy. Hmm. Just like a dick. A lot like a penis. Yeah. That's what I think of. Yeah. Integrity, courage. <laughs> fortitude. <laughs> passion. And love and joy. And maybe uh, stubbornness. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> Uh, misguidance. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Alvaro points out that... Obtrusiveness. In a, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, stick in your head where it don't belong. <laughs> Sometimes. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> like, a, like a buffalo's nostril. <laughs> well, Alvaro points out that in a country, quote, steeped in machismo, she managed to instill enough big Vergas energy into her family that a lot of them went on to wide-ranging careers. Like Alvaro's sister got her doctorate degree and Alvaro himself completed two master's degrees and was even mayor of Misantla for a while. How do you think he courted Doña Katerina? Yeah. (laughs) He had to come over, bring some cookies (laughs) and shit. Grandma? He's like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only Verga running. (laughs) True. (laughs) True. Now, over the years, Doña Caterina told her family and the people of Misantla that when she died, she wanted her tomb adorned with a giant penis. Oh, okay. 
Now, she's like a bold, spunky, playful kind of woman. Right. So, Alvaro and most people thought it was just a joke. Uh, it sounds oh, like a joke. Danya Kata making her dick jokes again. <laughs> but then, close to her death, Alvaro asked her about it again. He's like, Do you really mean that? Because now we're actually planning. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. is that just a joke? And he told Vice that she explained, quote, It was her desire so that no one would forget her and that everything we loved about her would be remembered more easily. Well, I, um, she's not wrong about that. <laughs> it'll be hard to forget a lady with this <laughs> this monument for sure. I love, she's like, oh no, I meant that shit. Y'all thought I yeah. was joking? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't joke about Vergas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's one thing I'm extremely serious about. always been serious. <laughs> and it tracked with her personality. She was, quote, always very avant-garde, very forward-thinking about things. She wanted to break the paradigm of everything Mexican, where things are sometimes hidden because of not having an open mind. Okay. That was, again, Alvaro talking to Vice, uh-huh. um, which I think is interesting because if, if, if they're, one of their definitions of verga is cool or badass, that kind of makes sense. It tracks if yeah, like, totally. dicks are cool. Well, she's clearly like the cool, funky, punk rock grandma, you know? What like, a cool grandma for yeah, sure. Yeah, she seemed like a real... Just open-minded, mm-hmm. like down for the party. Definitely making dick jokes. Which I love. Yeah. I love seeing that with when in someone who had kind of a limited life and yes. always lived in a small town and right. like maybe didn't see that much of the world, but for like for some reason they just have this expanse, you know, this yeah. this ability to take it all in and, yeah. and really enjoy enjoy life. You know, that's great. So anyway, after she passed away on January twenty first, twenty twenty one. Alvaro says, quote, we talked as a family and decided to make her dream come true. What a family meeting that I must have they been. Were like, All right. We got to meet about the giant <sighs> dick statue grandma wants. All right, everybody. I've got two jars here. <laughs> dick or no dick. Everybody just put a slip of paper in one or the other and we're going to count them. Anonymous voting. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to keep your name off. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my yeah. God. Uh, it was unanimous for dick. Unanimous for dick. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, now they're dealing with the. The logistics of it. Who out there could construct this giant dick statue? Alvaro called a local engineer named Isidro Lavonier, who builds plastic products like water tanks or children's play sets. Hmm. And he made a request to him. Hey, um, can you put the kids' toys down and build me a giant penis? (laughs) Make me a grandma's toy. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Isidro, of course, he thought it was a joke, too. Quote, because it's not very common to see these kinds of sculptures or monuments, <laughs> and even less so in the memory of someone who's deceased. What? Nobody <laughs> asked for giant dicks to be constructed out of plastic products? But Alvaro persisted. He told him, no, I'm dead serious. We really want this dick grave. And finally, Isidro was convinced because, after all, quote, Doña Cata was someone who broke taboos. I wonder how many messages he had to leave. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was like, "No, I, hello, this is it's me again. I'm very serious. It's not a kid making a prank call. Yeah. I really need to know." So Isidro got to work alongside. This was not a one person job. Mm-hmm. He needed a carpenter, a sander, a sculptor, and a carver to build this statue. Vice says, "Quote: They got particularly delayed on the ball sack when the first <laughs> attempt was disfigured." And they had to start the process again. <laughs> Damn, he's like, no disfigured testicles for Don Yucata. <laughs> Isidro explained that they had to melt down materials, quote, to give it the necessary amplitude so that the testicles could be formed. 
need some bulk for this ball. So finally, on July 23rd, 2022, more than a year later, the completed monument was mounted to Donya Kata's tomb and unveiled a five and a half foot tall, shiny pink cock and balls weighing nearly 600 pounds <laughs> in, quote, recognition of her love and joy for life. <laughs> I mean, look, if I don't know her, I'm going to walk back, walk by that grave and think it's in recognition of her love and joy for dicks. For dicks. Which, you know? hey. Hey, maybe she had maybe that she too. she did love dicks. I mean, clearly she had some respect for the D. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she had a lot of respect for the D. And of course, this immediately went viral. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't see a five and a half foot tall pink no. cock and not take a picture You've of it. You've probably seen this story floating around. Surely. It's, it is out there. Um, Isidro received some interesting new commissions. Uh, he got a request from a family of a guy who had worked for years in the construction industry for a gravestone shaped like a dump truck. Oh, wow. So a uh, new 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 novelty gravestone business yeah, for this guy. Right. But of course, you know, plenty of people don't appreciate seeing a giant penis out of nowhere in a oh, graveyard. Geez. Alvaro told Vice, quote, of every 10 people, I think that around seven see it positively. And if they don't see it as a good thing, they at least respect Donya Katz's wishes. Sure. There are others who, in their conservative values, are very closed minded, very square, who see it poorly. Uh, um, I love, he's like, these squares. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get with the times. Get with it. Yeah. This old lady loved it. Come on. For real, she's 99. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> how old are you? Get your life right. <laughs> But as Vice reports, the family had discussed that ahead of time, probably when they made their unanimous jar decision. Right. And they were prepared for any criticism or amount of backlash to respect Donya Katerina's wishes. They're like, we'll go through it for her. We don't care. Yeah. Vice concludes, quote, after all, the family is made up of Vergas. True. So true. Yep. They're bold. They don't mind thrusting their way into, <laughs> into the new, new world. <laughs> They're like, no matter what happens, we will remain turgid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Amazing. Oh my God. What a story. But it's so, and it's worth the look for sure. The, the pictures are very amazing. Yeah. And it, if you didn't know it was there, <laughs> it would definitely be a surprise <laughs> amongst all the angels with like trumpets, you know? <laughs> like, like, wait a second. Uh, what's that in the distance? Do they know that that looks exactly <laughs> like a big dick? Oh, do we? <laughs> we fixed the balls, in fact. Well, I'm thinking about Victor Noir mm-hmm. and his like, small pants bulge that people lose their minds over. God. What's going to happen to this dick statue? Okay, and it's like thrusting vertically into the air. <laughs> right. So I'm like, you could see people do a pole dance on that shit. Oh my God. They could, <laughs> they could do all kinds of things. Incredible. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. God. You know, the world is a fucking playground. You know, so people need to treat it as such. I agree. Have some damn fun. Stop being so serious. Right. Let people live their lives. And uh, and go deaths. enjoy yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah, let them mark their deaths however they want. Yeah, but across all three of these stories, you know, it's really about, uh, what you know, let people live their lives, whether it's kids or not, mm. uh, support people no matter what they're going through, uh, let people be themselves, let people have fun. So much of the opposition to especially these last two stories mm-hmm. is people just trying to step on someone else's good time. Yeah, yuck, and when you're looking yuck, at the when you're looking at like the net human experience people are having collectively, 
like all of us together. Mm-hmm. Why you're not contributing to a positive for everyone else you see is outrageous to me. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, this is such a weird world. Yeah. We're weird. Like, if it's really not harming anybody, let me have my fun. For real. For real. Well, it was cool to kind of get some world news. Uh, yeah, definitely. World news going. Uh, right. Thanks again to Sean and Prerana for sending those links along. Definitely. We were like, uh-oh, we got a real good goodie bag yeah, <laughs> going yeah. here. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And please send us more of these if you come oh, across yeah. these stories, because sometimes there'll be a full episode and sometimes they fit perfectly right in. Sometimes you can just slip them in right slip here, the right perfect in. size. <laughs> Um, for some car- some nice carnal intercourse against nature, you know how we <laughs> you know how we do over here on ridiculous romance. <laughs> yeah, against nature. Yeah. So reach out, send us your stories, tell us your thoughts about these. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us predictromance at gmail.com. Right, or we're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dianamite Boom, and I'm at Oh Great, it's Eli. And the show is at Romance. Don't forget to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell all your friends to tune in. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And we will all catch you at the next episode. Can't wait. See you then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.